Hello and uh, welcome to, I think, the 31st episode of our second season, if I'm counting right, which is definitely not my strong suit, counting things, but uh, I will account for a few things that are happening this week. Um, today is actually really interesting. You're going to talk about it today a little bit more. Uh, what we're having is a pretty rare thing. We have Venus and Mars together, and they are going to be out of bound uh, for a few days. I mean, Mars has been out of bound since the end of October. He's going to be done uh, in a few days, the 27th of April, and Venus is going to replace him being crazy out of bound. We'll talk about it. We'll give some examples from different countries. Uh, you can check to see if you have any out of bound planets. If you do, you probably know by now because um, you are kind of uh, out of bound, maybe. Well, thank you. Somebody said they like my T-shirt. Uh, my sister got it for me for my birthday. You see, as above, so below. So um, what we'll start is with the a week ahead, but I wanted also to make sure that uh, we have time to talk about certain things that happened during the eclipse. Because remember last week we mentioned the eclipse being on April 20th. We have another one on May 5th because of our conversation last uh, week. I decided to do this class on May 5th. Uh, some of you already joined. If you want to join, uh, definitely click on the link. Uh, you have it also on Instagram on my bio. We're going to do a meditation and we're going to talk about the story of enlightenment of the Buddha because May 5th, which is right on the lunar eclipse, is the day that traditionally uh, the Buddha was born, died and attained enlightenment. So we'll talk about the uh, story of Siddhartha, how he became from a spoiled prince, privileged prince into uh, the Buddha. And we'll see how it can inspire our own meditation. So that's for May 5th. It's going to be a webinar. I'm going to be in New York at that time. And by the way, if you guys are in New York, in-person readings, you know, I don't even remember it uh, from the old days. That's what I'm going to do in New York from uh, a Friday. Actually, I'm going to fly there Friday. So our next session will be while I'm in New York. And hopefully I'll calculate the time zone uh, right so let's start off with uh, what is happening this week so we can just uh, dive into it right away. Here we go. So today is April 23rd, apparently. Like I said, the void, of course, uh, is sorry, the out of bound is coming up uh, with Venus. So <clears throat> Venus is starting actually today, and it's kind of funny because. I was thinking yesterday I was doing uh, right here a little bit of a um, like a birthday belated birthday gathering and we were supposed to be like around 16 or so but one of my friend had an incident with a mirror another one of my friend got a terrible headache before she came here another person got a headache and another person um, was in Spain thinking that it was a different day and I thought that's kind of interesting because it sounds like everybody was out of bound. So today in the coffee shop, before I came here to do this uh, little gathering together, I was thinking maybe we should do something about void uh, out of bound and check to see what's happening with out of bound. And then I've realized, oops, yeah, uh, we're just coming out of one out of bound that was going on for a few months because of uh, Mars. And we're entering a new one with Venus just today. So if you feel a little bit wacky, if you feel a little bit crazy, if you feel that random things happen, uh, that totally makes sense. Uh, we have Venus out of bound. We'll talk about it in a second and explain what it means. And maybe 
maybe you have it also in your chart. If you go to my website under learn, uh, you can cast as many charts as you want. And the website that gives that uh, engine to um, check your chart actually is related also to, uh, there, there is a section there for out of bound that you can check it, or you can just look online, Google out of bound calculator to see if when you were born, you had any planets out of bound. But again, we'll talk about it in a second. As you can see from the chart from today, we have Mercury retrograde and it is retrograding closer and closer to the North Node. It's going to hit the North Node. Uh, we'll talk about that also. It's going to happen more next week. When Mercury hits the, the North Node, it actually gives us an, a moment of inspiration or an understanding of what is the lessons that your soul it wants to learn in this life. So Mercury retrograding towards the North Node. The North Node is collectively now in Taurus, meaning that we all have to learn the lessons of Taurus, which is talents, your gifts, your skills, your self-worth, everything that has to do with your finance, money. That, those are the things you're supposed to learn, all of us are supposed to learn, until July 13. At that time, the North Node is going to move into Aries. And that means that until January of 2024, five, we have to learn the lessons of Aries. So now we're learning the lessons that have to do with Taurus, which is I have. If you want to funnel down or you want to filter everything and to kind of make two words explain the key to understanding what we're supposed to learn right now, it's been since December of 2021, I have. So what do you have? What do you have that helps you survive? What do you have that you can offer humanity? Okay. From July 13, the North Node is going to move, like we said, for a year and a half into Aries. The key word will be things about I am. So it's not about what you have. It's about who are you, in a sense. What is your connection to leadership, initiation, physicality, your body, your branding, your identity? So think about how intense it's going to be from July this year until January 2025, when everybody on the planet, including politicians, including artists, including Every single person will have to figure out what is their identity. And a lot of time to discover our identity, we have to push away things, people, concepts that might feel alien to us or not completely connected to who we really are. How do you know uh, how you look? You're going to have to start taking off your clothes, become more exposed in a sense, and it makes you very, feel more vulnerable. It might make us feel even more aggressive. We'll talk about it, but from July this year until January 2025, we are more in danger of war because the North Node is going to be in Aries. Aries is I am. Remember Moses asking the bush, who are you? And the bush saying, I am that I am. So we're all going to be encountering burning bushes uh, from July 13 this year until January 2025. But Mercury in the next week, week and a half, we always talk about what is the essence of the week. We have a few of them happening this week. Uh, one of them is the understanding of what is your tradition and what do you want to bring from your tradition into your current life or into the future. So it's kind of a visitation into the past in order to retrieve from the past what we want to hold on and bring into the future. That's the sun sitting on top of Vesta and Vesta being on top of the North Node, which is happening today, tomorrow, the day after, it's really an appreciation of tradition. And at the same time, 
the North Node and Mercury are heading towards each other. In a, uh, actually, sorry, Mercury is catching up with the North Node because the North Node always is retrograde. And now Mercury is going to retrograde towards the retrograding dragon. So it's almost uh, as if... Uh, well, a good example would be the bus driver. Uh, just get, got out of the bus uh, to get something to eat, you know, in between rides. And suddenly he's looking at his bus and the bus, he forgot to put the, hand, the handbrakes, is starting to go down the street. And he's running after his um, bus to catch up with it. That's precisely the Mercury going into or retrograding towards the North Node. The North Node is like the dragon. Mercury is the driver. And suddenly, oops, the dragon is going on its own, uh, flying on its own. I have to bring him back. Thank God the reins are still hanging there so he can hold on to it. So this week is going to be a time where Mercury, the messenger of the gods, everything has to do with your nervous system, communication, the head. Maybe that's why people start getting headaches is going retrograde or going for closer and closer to the North Node. And the North Node represents what we're here to learn. So we're catching up with the things we're supposed to learn, you know, like uh, you have quite many books that you have to read for your exam, in a sense. And on top of everything, we had that Mercury coming very close to Uranus, almost touching Uranus, and then starting to go back. There's a little bit of an anticlimax right now. It's a feeling that we almost grabbed something, but it eluded us, and we're going to have to wait until the end of May in order for Mercury to come again closer and closer to Uranus, which is going to happen much more in June. June is going to be a, a month full of uh, brilliance. We're not going to have Mercury retrograde. We're going to be out of the post-retrograde shadow, and we're going to have Mercury at last touching Uranus, which you can look at Uranus as being the higher octave of Mercury, the same way that Pluto is the higher octave of Mars or Neptune is the higher octave of Venus. Uh, let's call it the higher self in a sense. So this week... You're getting closer and closer to understanding what is your lessons. What is it that you're supposed to learn at least until July 13? The sun being on top of Vesta, that actually is interesting. It's happening to us today. So there is a lot of clarity or more understanding of what from tradition we want to bring forth. Some of you guys do yoga. Okay, you brought from the tradition of yoga, the yoga sutra that started, what, 2,500 years ago, approximately 2,400 years ago, even though it had only one uh, uh, pose in the uh, yoga, yoga sutra is basically to yoke yourself, to connect yourself to the ground. It's basically sitting. So it's kind of uh, what we're supposed to learn from yoga in a sense, to learn how to sit and how to be in a way. So that's something. Maybe others uh, would like to be some other people are doing some martial arts and that's what they bring from tradition. Maybe some other people are uh, taking drawing classes to actually draw things and that's what they bring from tradition. The idea is that Vesta represents the pilot, the pilot in the stove, the, the ever-flowing fire or the ever-burning fire. So it's kind of the next let's say a few days, you might have that shining ability or the ability to shine at what is it precisely that you want to bring from tradition that can help not only you, but your environment. Okay, so the sun shining Vesta, it's as if Apollo is blessing the virgins of Vesta. It's um, actually really nice, to be honest. And when it's in Taurus, that's great. And let's look at the, the Sabian symbol. I hope it's not going to be a party pooper. The rainbow's pot of gold, it's definitely not a party pooper. So, yeah. So the symbol of today's degree, when the sun and Vesta are coming together and we're supposed to open up, in a sense, to some form of um, 
let's say, an understanding of something good coming from tradition, it, it actually is very optimistic, the three degrees of Taurus, and that is the rainbow's pot of gold. Like, you know how at the end of the rainbow, there's supposed to be a pot of gold. Rainbow is associated in the tree of life with a, a beauty, the sphere that has to do with the heart. The heart is associated with gold, and Leo is the sign of gold. Leo rules this area, so everything is totally lined up for you to get your gold today. So again, it's all symbol. You know that astrology is a system of symbolism. So we're trying to look into in what way can you connect to rainbow. Rainbow talks about diversity. Why diversity? Uh, I'm not trying to walk you. You know, like the uh, what was it? The governance of uh, the governance of uh, Alabama, who uh, started. Um, looking into the curriculum of how to explain to teachers how to talk to kids. And from that explanation, not from their teaching, but from that curriculum explanation or, or telling teachers how to help kids, they wanted to take any kind of woke um, aspects. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about awakening into something good that can actually happen with the rainbow. The rainbow associated with diversity is because the light of the sun, which is all-inclusive, it goes through the prism, it breaks through, it breaks to the many colors. That's the whole idea of the sun penetrating the uh, drops of the rain and showing the true colors of that sun ray, sunlight. But anyway... This is what's happening to us. Uh, we are meeting today and tomorrow the gold at the end of the rainbow. So again, this is the degree that we have the sun today. It's shining something positive about tradition. And that's going to be also happening tomorrow. And because we have the south node moving towards Vesta, you can see the south node is four degrees towards the, the Vesta is three degrees towards basically it's retrograding into Vesta. So today, tomorrow, even the day after. It's actually pretty interesting, blessed day. And today is Sunday. If you can still do something with Sunday, especially if it's connected to nature, green, because of Taurus, that would be great. And again, we are talking about very blessed day in connection to tradition. So anything that you can bring from the past into the future. And again, you don't have to look at your the tradition of your religion or the tradition of your country and all that. It could be also the tradition of your family or the tradition of what you have done in the past that you want to bring back. Maybe a hobby or an activity that especially has to do with Taurus, which is beauty, design, colors, art, food. The five senses is coming back to you. So that is the theme of the week. Today we also have the moon on top of Venus, really good connection to uh, between art, design and colors again and instinct. The moon always represents instinct, reflex, uh, what you don't have to think about because the moon is not about thoughts. Uh, the moon is about feelings. So the moon, even though it's in Gemini, which is, I think, it's on top of Venus and that is a very creative moon. So again, today you can have uh, sparks of uh, a lot of... Um, creativity and instinct about anything to do with relationships, communication. So again, if you have some instincts, gut feeling that you have about your partnership, about partnerships in general, if you have any lawsuits or any case with enemies, that also could give you a lot of insight. So I'm not saying you shouldn't trust your intuition always. You should. But now it's even stronger, especially today. If we look uh, tomorrow to see what's going on on April 24, that's the day when the Sun and the North Node actually meet each other. <clears throat> that happens once a year. 
the sun shines things. So whenever the sun does anything in your chart, whenever the sun uh, does anything in your uh, transits, uh, you have a clarity, you have uh, an insight, you have something shining up, uh, showing, putting it on the pedestal, putting it on some kind of stage. And this week we have Vesta, as a guest star, again, Vesta is the keeper of the hearth, the keeper of uh, the tradition. But we also have the dragon flying with Apollo. So that actually is really good, really nice. It shines what are the lessons you're supposed to learn. And I told you until July 13, especially in relation to Taurus, which is all about, again, money, your finance, your talents, your art, the five senses. So today, tomorrow, take a long bath with salt water and rose petals if you have a, a bath or roses. Or do something to pamper yourself. Do something that activates your five senses. Listen to good music. Uh, have a massage. Give a massage. Connect to, again, your body. Do something that can honor Mother Nature. Uh, honor beauty. Honor your five senses. Honor your talents. If you think you have very strong talent in something and you've neglected it today, tomorrow will be a great day to reconnect to it because Taurus makes things stuck in a sense or stick it's a stubborn sign so if you do something good during Taurus it can stubbornly stick there and continue you do something bad in Taurus it can also stick you know but the whole idea is to do something good and we see a Tomorrow, also, Venus is going to be, sorry, the moon is going to be in Gemini still. Very good for communication, writing, marketing. But you have to be aware, Mercury is retrograde. Um, we talked about it last week. It's going to be until May 15. May 16 is already direct. May 15, May 14 um, is going to be stationary. So be careful. But until May 15, 16, if you can hold on, especially because it's eclipse season from doing anything very significant, anything that you want to last more than after May 15, 16. If there is a project that you needed to really fast, it's no problem to start in Mercury retrograde. The whole idea of not starting in Mercury retrograde because A, you might have to start it again. B, um, it might have to. It might not last until um, after Mercury goes direct, which is May 16. So uh, yes, it's a good time to um, uh, think about com communication, marketing, sales, businesses when the Moon is in Gemini. And if we look at what's happening in uh, April 25, which is a Tuesday, like I told you, Vesta is kind of catching up with the Sun, even though the Sun is further down. Uh, we have still that, again, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, a day to honor Vesta. Maybe you can Google Vesta a little bit. Work with that story of the uh, virgins in Rome that kept the hearth, the fire of the gods alive. So the whole idea is to keep something that was given in the past, and that's a flame to continue lighting us. It's not that the Vestas are in charge of keeping the manuscripts or keeping the Bibles or keeping the New Testaments or keeping the Quran alive. They couldn't care less about those things. What they keep alive is the fire and the fire of the gods in a sense. Remember Prometheus risked himself and was punished severely mythologically speaking, for bringing the fire of the gods to humanity. And here the Vestas are the keeper of the hearth. It's almost as if the Vesta are saying to Prometheus, we understand your sacrifice. We honor what you did to us, stealing the, God, the, the fire from your own kind to give it to us, which are completely not related to you. That's amazing. We thank you. We honor you. We're going to keep that gift alive.
So it's almost like somebody gave you a gift to your birthday and whatever it is that you're doing, you're keeping it always very nice and very um, intact. You know, So of course, the person who gave you that gift is really happy with you. So again, today, tomorrow, the day after, what is the fire of your heart? What is it that you keep alive that keeps you alive in a sense? That's what you're honoring today, tomorrow, and on Tuesday. Moon is moving on Tuesday to Cancer for two days, two and a half days. Uh, we're moving from I think to I feel, which is really good. So it talks about emotions. Emotions are coming up. Um, not necessarily bad. You know, the moon is going to send a beautiful trine to Saturn. Trine basically means a flow of positive energy, like the golden triangle. It's going to send a trine to the south node and also a sextile to the north node, creating a beautiful kite, you know, like a kite that you can... Uh, uh, what is a kite? A kite is an extension of you that reaches the skies, that reaches closer to the sun, closer to God. It's kind of a, a drone that is connected to you that leads you to the above and allows you to fly by proxy, you can say. So the idea of a kite in astrology is a combination of two trines and two sextiles. It's always considered to be a blessing. And in the case of Tuesday, we have it between the moon, emotions. Uh, we have it with um, the sun, which has to do with your self-expression. Saturn, which is discipline. And the south node, which you need to get rid of, cut away from. And the north node, which is what you need to learn. So it's almost like uh, the teacher is coming and taking the old book away from you uh, in a kind way because it's a sextile giving you a new book that you should start reading. Uh, again, sextile, so it's a good book. And it's related to Saturn. Oop, I have the discipline and the energy to um, follow through. And the moon, oh, I feel towards it. So we have the connection between emotions, discipline, awareness, and karma. So Tuesday is a very interesting day. You might even meet family members that were with you in past lifetimes. So if you meet anybody out of the ordinary, even if it's in, um, you know, you go to the post, of, post office to get some stamp and somebody really nice in the line smiles at you. It's happening on Tuesday. Maybe she was your cousin in a past lifetime. Yeah, the cousin that lives in a different country. You saw her only two times in your life, but still it's your cousin and now she's in the post office in the line. So the idea is that it could be randomness like that or it could be real profound family members from past lifetime showing up or people that remind you of family members, but in a good way because it's a trine. It's not a, a square which causes problems. That being said, uh, Mars is, uh, no, actually, leave, let's leave Mars alone. He's not doing so much trouble. Uh, I told you, Mars needs to be in cancer. He hates being in cancer. It's a lot of passive aggressiveness. I think that a lot of the things that are happening right now, if, especially the wars in Sudan, you know, which are so unnecessary and so much killing there and is going to get worse, that's very much uh, Mars in cancer. It's... It's war going a little off. Again, also the revelations that uh, um, were going on with all the documents that were released in the gaming um, um, platform, you know, by kids who are 21 years old. That's very much the Mars in Cancer. Mars, Mars is in Cancer. He's fallen. So the soldiers have fallen. And not to mention, you know, from that revelation of uh, uh, all these top secret documents, I'm sure a lot of spies, a lot of operations will be fallen, you know, will be um, lost because of that. That again is Mars, when Mars is 
uh, drowning in water. He doesn't like to be there. We have to be, uh, he has to be there for a few more weeks. Then it's going to move into Leo. It's going to be much easier in that sense. But for us personally, Tuesday, the beautiful trine between the moon, home and family, emotion, Saturn, discipline, and the south node is really going to be helpful, especially if you afford yourself the ability to feel. Because if you look at the chart right now, we have a lot of emphasis on feminine energies. We have Vesta, Taurus, sorry, Vesta, Sun, Mercury, Uranus, all in Taurus, the north node in Taurus. It's super feminine. It's Mother Nature, literally. Uh, then we have the moon in Cancer, Mars in Cancer, it's mother energy, Saturn in Pisces, Neptune in uh, Pisces, it's all about emotions. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 70%, you can say even 80% of the chart is in feminine forces. 20 is in masculine. And it's good for Mercury retrograde because in Mercury retrograde, you want to return inward. You want to go inside. You want to feel more intimate. You want to uh, be a little bit more in the dark. Dark, not necessarily in evil. Dark, I'm talking about mystery. So it actually fits well that we have this Mercury retrograde. And the Mercury retrograde in Taurus in general until May 15th is a little bit too much worry. So... Be aware not to worry. Now, I don't want you to worry about not worrying. I just want you not to worry about things you have no control over and to just kind of allow your feelings, your emotions to uh, drive it away, drive those thoughts away because Mercury in Taurus can be a lot about worry. Then on um, Wednesday, we have the moon in Cancer and she's going to be touching both Mars and uh, Minerva, which is kind of interesting. Mars is the god of actual war. Minerva is the god of just wars or god, uh, goddess sorry, of um, uh, wars that have to do with defending other people or defending attacks. So Mars usually attacks uh, the Athena protects. So the moon is right in between them. And the moon is a lot of time us, the people. So we're in between attacking or defending should i defend to attack should i attack to defend so there's going to be a little bit again confusion around that on uh, april 26 it's a wednesday that being said there is something instinctual in you on that day to know which battles you should fight and which battles you shouldn't it could help you with forming some strategy especially emotional strategy i'm not talking about manipulation because manipulation could be defined as an emotional strategy to gain something i'm just talking about the moon as being instinctual and giving you some insights about how you can manage your life or your family especially or real estate better. So again, I wouldn't recommend buying anything because of Mercury retrograde, but you can formulate plans or create a strategy even in your own work, uh, in uh, whatever it is that you do to get you to the right place. Again, Saturn in the South Node, Saturn in the North Node are creating beautiful energy and this is uh, very rare and it's very positive because the North Node, the South Node and Saturn are all karmic from past lifetimes. So either you're going to meet a lot of people from past lifetimes this week or you're going to go to places and it looks familiar or you're going to start a new skill that will feel like you've done it before. You know, so these kind of things are going to get stronger and stronger and stronger uh, as we go proceed this week. The energy changes dramatically on Thursday because that's when we have the moon moving into Leo. Remember, once a, once a month, the moon meets the black moon, Lilith. It's going to happen more on Friday and Saturday. So just take heed around that time. 
But the idea on um, Thursday is that there is a square between the sun and the moon. So somebody that represents a father for you, somebody that represents a mother in you are in conflict. Or you might feel conflict within between your masculine and your feminine energy, basically action and reception. There's a lot of stubbornness in Thursday. There's a lot of um, unnecessary conflict, let's say. Uh, feeling insecurity, feeling lack of satisfaction. So even if you're satisfied, but two of your friends are constantly having this uh, party-pooping face, then maybe it is a little bit um, harder for you as well, you know, so even if you're keeping your optimism high. But the idea is that when the sun and the moon are squaring, there is a general lack of satisfaction. I'm sure the, the song, I Can Get No Satisfaction, was written probably when the moon and the sun were squaring. And also, the moon by default is going to be squaring Vesta and the North Node because they're conjunct the sun so we have also some kind of clock conflict between tradition and people tradition and uh, the moon which is your instinct so at that time there could be less less a uh, flow with your connection to tradition in the first uh, the second part of the week compared to the first part of the week um, it also could mean that a traditional person pisses you off could be also uh, it could be something in the news even. And the fact that the moon is squaring the north node and the south node is like um, a certain situation where you're supposed to learn something and you don't want to. It's maybe a refusal of the call to action that you might experience in Thursday. And you can see in Thursday in general in the chart, you can see all these red lines. Red lines represent conflict, conflict between this planet, that planet, opposition between Pluto and the moon. So Thursday, not the easiest uh, day overall. And on uh, Friday, the 28th, um, the moon and the black moon are hitting each other. So it could be, again, emotionally more heavy. The moon is still squaring Mercury, Uranus, the sun. So Thursday and Friday are not easy days. So if you think about this week when we have more conflict or more challenges, at least from the outside, you know, that talks about that period. So it's a little bit less flowing for us Thursday or Friday. What will Friday be good for? A lot of healing. That's a great day to do massage, to go to a healer, to go to therapy, to talk to your friend about some of your issues, you know, uh, to do something that can help you download some of your uh, misery, some of your problems, some of the difficulties. Again, because the moon on top of um, a black moon brings in some of your insecurities, but then because the moon is sending beautiful energy to Chiron, the wounded healer to Jupiter, who is the teacher, you might feel a mentor, you might find a mentor, a teacher that can really help you. And then on Saturday, April 29, the moon is going to be between Leo and Virgo. So it's going to be between fun and more responsibility and paying attention to your diet and health and so forth. Uh, but the moon moving into Virgo is going to be really helpful. That's going to be on Sunday, uh, on April 30th. Because we're back to a moon being in feminine place, when we talked about a lot of the planets are in feminine places, uh, sign, sorry, so that will make it much, much easier. So Sunday, next Sunday, is supposed to flow much better. It's a great day for healing, diet, health, nutrition. I know Sunday is not a day you work unless you're in Israel, but it's a great day for work. A great day for achieving things. Um, again, flowing energy, especially uh, between the moon and the sun. So even though Thursday, there is a square, Saturday, Saturday and Sunday yeah, could be a trine, meaning a flow between the sun and the moon. And when there is a trine between the two lights, we feel satisfaction instead of feeling lack of satisfaction. So let's see what I wanted to talk about, especially with the out-of-bound thing and some ridiculous thing that's happening uh, here in America, in the United States, sorry, 
Uh, we have a lot of ridiculous things, especially because of uh, uh, politicians that we have elected, unfortunately. Uh, they keep uh, entertainment going. You know, who needs Netflix when you have the Congress and Senate and uh, governors in the South? Sorry, that's usually the case. Uh, before I forget, uh, Bianca is offering three yoga classes that start on um, the 28th of April, 9 a.m. Uh, there is a link I'm going to send you um, in the recording, but you also have it on the chat if you want to join. It's free. It's three classes that are dedicated to the three stages of the moon, the new, the full, and the waning. Really recommended, and I think it will kind of help you realign yourself for the eclipses and also if in new york i'm from friday in new york for readings in person all the way up until may 6 7 then in may 7 i'm going to be in woodstock if you guys are in new york and you want to join us again the links are there and may 5th uh, we're going to have this deep meditation and right on the lunar eclipse the the class itself i mean there's going to be a recording but if you can join the class itself it's going to be right 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 when the lunar, lunar eclipse is happening uh, the most powerful lunar eclipse this year because it falls on one of the most important full moons. So that's why last week we decided we're going to do some uh, gathering, some meeting. So I was reading this uh, interesting book. I'll show you the book in a second. And it made me think about something. It talks about basically aliens, and but in a more scientific way, and uh, how the how the universe might support that. But anyway, there was a section there that describes the passage of how we evolved as humans. You know, at first we always thought, uh, like little kids, that we are the center of attention, right? Uh, that's what the Bible told us, and we kind of believe it blindly. There's some people who still believe it, uh, hopefully less uh, violently, <laughs> you know. Like that, fortunately, it's not true. But yeah, that's, that's our hope. But anyway, you know, we were told by the Bible that God created the earth and that um, humans are very, very special. And that uh, later on, Aristotle and then supported by the Bible, imagined that the earth is the center of everything and everybody. You know, it's the same way that when I was growing up, they taught us that Jerusalem is the center of the universe. A lot of time people thought that Jerusalem was literally the center of the universe. This is like kids. You know, kids who are three, four, five, they, they have a very uh, interesting connection to their ego. They are the center of attention. There is nothing besides us right here. Mommy and daddy are just these people who are kind of gods, demigods, depends on the age. And they're supposed to give everything that we need to us. You know, there is nothing besides us, especially babies uh, might think like that. So in our own evolution, our own, our devol development, we go from the point of thinking that we are the center of the universe and suddenly realize that it ain't necessarily so and that there is 8 more billion people and all these 8 billion people think they are the center of the universe. So we grow up. Part of our growing up, part of our maturing is realizing that we're not the best or that we're not in the center of attention and that we are not, that not everything is orbiting literally around us. So we had, first of all, Copernicus, was brave enough to talk about how the earth is not the center of the world. Now, the ancient Greek actually talked about it, but they couldn't prove it. Copernicus could actually prove that the earth is not the center of 
the galaxy, at the center of at least the solar system. That was a big shock, of course. The church went against him. Uh, the religious people went against him, obviously. And at that time, everybody was religious. It's not like you had a, chi- a choice. So it was a pretty difficult, a lot of friction, a lot of resistance, and probably uh, quite a lot of people dying because of that. So that's usually the case. So the Earth is not the center was stage one. Baby, you're not the center. There is other kids around you. Then Galileo came, and he told us that these planets or these things that don't twinkle in the sky, in the sky uh, they're actually planets. And planets means that they're moving around. And that the Milky Way that looked always kind of like this, um, uh, like milk, like the milk of the mama. Well, it's actually not milk. It doesn't belong to the mama. It actually has full of stars. And all of these stars have many other non-twinkling stars along them. So we are super not special. And then we found out that even our galaxy is not the center of the universe. So... Sorry, kids, we're not as special as we thought, but that's part of maturing. What is maturing? Maturing on a spiritual level is realizing that you are not the center, but oneness is the center, meaning that, yes, you're not the center, but there's nobody else who is in the center. Who is in the center? Axis Mundi, like the Buddha talked about, the center of the universe, like the alchemist talks about, the place where the Big Bang emerged. Everything came from there, so the idea of oneness is really what we have to learn. And in order to learn the oneness, we first of all have to realize that we are not the one. We are just one of many who are part of that oneness. And then it made me think about how, you know, we first of all had a geocentric attitude. We are the center of the universe. Then we had to give it up. But egocentric egocentric is very very similar to that is people who are narcissistic who think that everything including the sun and the galaxies and the universe or orbits around them and the same thing with ultranationalists who think that the center of the universe is my country or the center of the universe is my religion these are primitive thoughts that we have as humanity to move away from the same thing that we've been practicing it for the last what 400 years or so 300, 400 years to recognize the fact that even though it is a shock, you are not the center of the universe. Jerusalem is not the center of the galaxy. Our galaxy is not the center of the universe, but it's okay. It doesn't uh, make you less. It just helps you understand that everything is part of that oneness. So once you understand you're not the one and that there's many others around you, now you can start focusing on the idea of connecting back to the oneness. Um, this is from uh, Metrodorus of Hiros, or Chios in the 4th century BCE. And the book that I talked about is The Possibility of Life, Science, Imagination, Our Quest for Kinship in the Cosmos by Jamie Green. Uh, so what he said is to consider the earth. I mean, we're talking about 2,400 years ago. Okay, That's what he says. The cons- to consider the earth as the only populated world in infinite space is as absurd as the assert as, as to assert that in the entire field sown with millet, only one grain will grow. It's so beautiful because think about how this guy from the 4th century BCE is taking science fiction and futuristic thing and bringing it back to a very, very easy to understand example because for the ancient Greek, I guess... A millet field is the best kind of example. Maybe today it won't be the same example. But back then saying, listen, we're sowing a whole field there. The the, the universe is sown with uh, souls in a sense. Why do you think there's only going to be one grain on planet Earth that grows? 
So that's something just to think about uh, this week. Now, in Texas, um, you know, while we're talking about 2,400 years ago, intelligent people sitting there and thinking freely about crazy things. They're not bound by Christianity or Judaism or Islam or any kind of doctrine that forces you to think a certain way, even if it's a wrong way. Um, there is what I call idol, idol, idol worshiping uh, idiots in Texas. Why? Because Texas lawmaker advanced a bill to force, this is happening during the eclipse, to force schools to display the Ten Commandments. Now, critics say it's the basic violation of separation of church and state. Now, you're talking about these, these guys uh, that uh, tend to be in the Republican side or more to the extreme side of the Republican, but I, I mean... Anyway, so the idea for them is that they want to go back to the old America, to the real America, to the fathers, uh, the founding fathers. Yeah, but the founding fathers made it very, very specific that they want the separation of church and state. And they're asserting now in Texas, right, That's uh, a, that Texas is becoming more and more like Hungary and those places in the world or, or Afghanistan. Every classroom in Texas could be made to display the Ten Commandments prominently. After lawnmakers advance a proposal to push more religion into school, we definitely need more religion. Um, a parallel bill also approved by the Republican-controlled Texas Senate on Thursday, it was when Mercury was stationary in Taurus, it's kind of interesting, would require educational establishment to set aside time every day for students and employees to read the Bible. And now, I love the Bible, you know it very well. I have classes on the Bible, I actually have class on the Bible on uh, May 20th. And I love the stories there. I actually read it in the original language. Thank you very much. I think it's an amazing book. But I think there's a lot of other imagine, uh, very great books. Uh, some of them, of course, are banned in Texas. And the idea of having to force people to read it or to talk about it. And what happens if you have a kid who doesn't believe? I remember I was an atheist kid. Uh, or if you have a Muslim kid, or if you have a Jewish kid, or whatever, uh, or you have a Buddhist kid, now they have to read from the Bible, or they're going to bring their own books, and they're going to set aside, you know, that's what happened to my father. Why did I grow up as an atheist? Because my father hated religion. Why? Because he grew up in Bulgaria. Why? Well, because he was there. But at that time, there was no Jewish schools in Varna, so he had to go study with the nuns. And the nuns were very uh, woke, so what they did is whenever we ever they mentioned Jesus, whenever they asked the kids to read from the uh, Bible, from the Bible, from the New Testament, they asked my father to, and he's five years old, to go to the wall, to turn around to the wall and not to look at the class while they're reading because it's not his religion. He's a four-year-old, five-year-old. He doesn't even know what religion is. But what he does know is that every time everybody does something that has to do with connecting to God, he has to go and face the wall. Okay, this is precisely the same energy that Texas is trying to do right now. Now, it's really interesting um, because the attempt to I mean, it's interesting because the second commandment literally means and I brought here the commandments for you guys. So you can actually see it from the origin because some of these people don't even read the Bible. They just listen to their preach. They're their priests. Um, Thou shall not make unto thee a graven image or any manner of likeness of anything that is in heaven above. Okay, so you have the Ten Commandments, 
right? It's it's a thing. It's a Ten Commandments that supposedly Moses brought for the second time because the first time he did it was Mercury Retrograde. He wrote the whole thing. He broke it because I told Moses, don't publish anything during Mercury Retrograde. He didn't listen to me because he's an Aries. He doesn't listen to people. He comes down. He smashes the, the, the tablet. He has to go up again, rewrite them like what you do when Mercury Retrograde, and then come back again, okay? And one of the things that he warns people on the Second Commandment is... Don't make an engraved image. And I think that if you would have asked Moses, being an intelligent guy, he would say, yes, this Ten Commandment is an engraved image. There's an image, right? And I engraved in it. The first one was actually engraved by God. The second one, I had to do it myself. That's why it took a little bit of time, and that's why there's some spelling mistakes, and I repeat myself sometimes. I just forget it. But the idea is that you should not make yourself a statue or a picture or a Ten Commandment and force that image everywhere. And besides, you know what? Okay, you you decided to do it, honor Moses, great, no problem. But what about the commandment that says, remember the Shabbat day or the Sabbath day to keep it holy? Because kids are going to go like, uh, kids are usually more intelligent than the teachers. They're going to say like, wait, we're doing it on Sunday. So this Ten Commandments, so it's only nine commandments. Should we erase one of them? Should we have from now on displayed nine commandments? Because one of the commandments we completely are not even paying attention to because it says to honor the Shabbat. Ah, we don't have to honor that. Okay, so it's not divinely inspired. It's not God's words because if it is God's word, why are we not doing what he said? Why are we having Sunday um, fundraising and, and stealing money from people from the mega church in Sundays instead of Saturdays? Hmm. Cognitive dissonance. I told you the two biggest issues of humanity is greed and cognitive dissonance. If we can resolve these two, then humanity will be prosperous, no diseases and no wars. And the cognitive dissonance is getting into a really big problem right now for people. Um, yes, and one of the commandments is thou shall not covert uh, thy neighbor's house, thou shall not covert thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant. Uh, I guess there were some bi, uh, people who were bi back then because they used to covert the, the wife. Uh, and of course, the slave, male slave, is also in danger because in Hebrew it's a manslave. I mean, yeah, it's the translation is right, it's manservant. So it's really interesting that in that commandment, uh, God already is realizing, yeah, yeah, I know some of you guys like the guys, some of you guys like the girls, some of you likes the girls and the guys. So I'm telling you right now, because this is kind of a contract, you shall not covet, covet, covet. You shall not desire your neighbor's house. Okay, don't go for it. Uh, nor for his wife. And if he's a man servant there, even if he's really sexy, don't go for him. And if he's a maid servant, if she's also sexy, don't go for that. Nor for his ox, if you're into oxes, nor to his ass, if you're into his ass. I mean, that could be interpreted in many different ways. Uh, but the whole idea is to keep your neighbor uh, um, intact and his wife and his manservant and his flock or whatever. So the whole, you know, even in Christianity, there is a story about Jesus having to explain Christianity on one leg or in one sentence. It's to love your neighbor like you love yourself. The whole idea is to be neighborly and good. It's also coming from Judaism. Of course, you know very well, like I I told you many times, that Jesus was born a Jew and died a Jew. And if he would have come here for his second coming, which hopefully he will come one day, he will not go to a church. He will look for the first synagogue he can find. So... The whole idea of neighbors is very, very important for him, right? 
And look what's happening in Hungary. So in Hungary's president, who usually goes uh, very hand-in-hand with whatever uh, Viktor Orban says, uh, this time uh, decided to put uh, some kind of a barrier because uh, Hungary's president, Katrin, uh, Kathleen Novak, vetoed legislation that included the provision for citizens to anonymously report on same-sex couples who are raising children. So if you have a neighbor downstairs and you see there's two dads and a kid, according to the new Hungary law, you could actually uh, go and snitch on them. And that's the same thing that they're doing in, in, in uh, Florida and in Texas. If you remember the Florida rules about if you, and Texas rules, if you see somebody that is helping or aiding um, an abortion, you can be snitched upon. So all of these very Christian places, right? Because the whole idea of being against gays is coming from this very Christian feeling that they know the Bible and understand that. It's really interesting, though, that the Jews that actually wrote that Bible, even this New Testament, it partly was written by Jews, of course. Uh, they totally are okay with abortion. They're totally fine with uh, uh, gays and lesbians, but it's the Christian who took on their belief that are causing trouble. So even in Hungary, when they're supposed to learn the Ten Commandments, they're trying to pass laws that will go against the Ten Commandments because they don't really read the Ten Commandments. They have this notion of Ten Commandments. I know the Ten Commandments. Yeah, you don't. So that uh, is something that I told you. A cognitive dissonance. We just have to make sure that we don't do the same in our personal life. Um, boy, void of, uh, sorry, out of bound. And I want to uh, finish with out of bound. We talked about out of bounds here a while back, I think in 2020 or 21. Venus is going to be out of bound from April 23rd, which is today, until May 25. This is kind of important for us because it's starting today. It, you felt it already a little bit yesterday. And until April 27, we also have Mars out of bound. That means that now, this next few days, we're a little bit crazy. What is out of bound? Planets don't go more than 23 degrees 26 minutes north or south of the equator. So remember, we have the equator, and then we have this uh, uh, window or this belt, the zodiac belt, it's called. It goes around uh, the, the, the Earth, and the planets show or are inside of those um, confine those let's say 23 up 23 down sometimes you're born when one of the or sometimes something happened like today that venus or mars or a mercury or the moon or pluto or uranus and very rarely jupiter they can go beyond the 23 degrees meaning that they're going beyond uh, where the sun allocated for them so they're getting a little bit crazy. You know, like imagine a kid misbehaving, you reprimand them because you're out of bound. Come on, you're, get, you're losing boundaries here. Come back here. And the kid doesn't always listen. Okay, you can scream at them. The, the kid that is out of bound is misbehaving in a sense. He's pushing his boundaries ago, accepting no uh, limits, uh, going into the liminal, to the crazy, to the wildling, uh, explorative, unique. Think about it. Anytime we do something culturally or personally that is unique, that is original, that is completely crazy, that is completely different, that nobody done it before. I never heard that. That's jazz. Oh, that's interesting. Or I never had that um, instrument. That is out of bound. So it's something that kind of is a mixture of rebellion and awakener and a unique energy. It's like a joker, like the fool in a sense. It's usually exploring new possibilities. 
And a lot of time, our exploration, like the SpaceX, will blow up, you know, the out-of-bound situations. So certain things with that happens out-of-bound, eh, for example, the spacecraft, will blow up or have some um, eh, problems or not problems. They, they just went out there into space, like in Space Odyssey, the movie, the... the the song, uh, Major Tom, and he just drifts in space and gone. So he was out of bound and he stayed out of bound orbiting around the sun. Tell my wife I love her very much. He knows, you know. So what happens with um, uh, right now with Venus being out of bound from for a month, it means that relationships are going to be some kind of craziness. You might feel like there is somebody over loving you or somebody not loving you enough or people acting out of the norm of the Venus energy. So it could happen to your partner. It could happen to, your, to yourself. It could be artistically. Now, when you look at people that have out-of-bound Venus, look at them. Charlie Chaplin, Cher, Tina Turner, Larry King, uh, Liberace, uh, Josephine Baker, Rudolf Valentino, Osho, if you remember the, um, the teacher, Bjork. So think about it. Every time you hear her exploring new sounds, she's acting on her Void, of course. If Chaplin is pushing the boundaries, bringing the studios to a Los Angeles, creating... Okay, he's out of bound because before that we shoot everything in New York. Suddenly he's telling us to go to the middle of nowhere, to Los Angeles, and start shooting there in a place called Hollywood. Is it crazy? Yeah. So that's precisely what it's all about. It doesn't have to be bad, but it's not easy to have a planet out of bound because most time people don't get you. you know. Okay, Bjork, she was lucky enough to be born in Iceland and to have the right band in the right time. And she was accepted, even when she came uh, dressed as a, a swan to the Oscars. You know, So that's pushing the boundaries. And most people that push the boundaries, they're not doing it to be rebellious. They're doing it naturally. That's the difference between a person that really has, like Bjork, Venus, out of bound, or somebody else who's trying to uh, be unique or be cool or be different or rebel for no reason. You know, so the out of bound people have no choice. They're out of bound. They're basically reporting from wherever they flew to, which is out of the bound of normality. So right now, from April 23rd until May 25, be a little bit more careful with your relationship. Not only you have Mercury retrograde in Taurus, the ruler of Taurus is Venus and she's out of bound. So be careful. You know, I looked in countries. So, for example, you, the United States has Venus out of bounds, Mars out of bounds and Pluto out of bounds. So think about it. Pluto is power, money. It's out of bound. No wonder, no wonder the dollar is not only valued here in the United States, it's the currency that everybody's using, out of bound. Uh, think about Venus, Mars, Mars and Pluto. Both of them are very military kind of uh, uh, planets, right? Mars is the god of war. Pluto is the higher octave of Mars. And think about all of the accusation of the United States being imperialistic and so forth. It's out of bounds. It's sending their soldiers away from uh, here. Israel is a good example. If you think it's crazy, it is crazy because the moon, Mercury, Venus, Uranus, Pluto, Vesta, I mean, most of its planets are out of bound. So, again, the fact that it is a very unique place, but also a very crazy place. Look at the Vesta. Vesta out of bound means that tradition is out of bound. Somebody should control it. And that's why we have this messianic crazy people right now in the government of um, Israel. So, and Uranus out of bounds. Think about all the high tech and the startup nation. The idea that Uranus is a technology innovation. It's out of the bounds of uh, only, what, uh, 8 million people uh, in Israel and how many 
startup they've created. So look in your chart. Maybe you'll be surprised by the out of bounds and explain why you're so crazy. So um, let's see if there's any questions. How long will we have access to the May 19th webinar, Mysteries Master? Mystery of Number class I do through a Den meditation. So maybe you can shoot them an email. Yeah. Um, let's see. Check the word, doctor. Okay. Uh, the Bible was written in the ancient Near Eastern culture and people. Yes. The Bible was written 2,500 years ago, and it was influenced by a lot of the bestseller books and stories that were going on in the Near East at that time, including Gilgamesh, including the stories of the Sumerian, the Babylonian. So the Bible basically absorbed a lot of the stories that were circulating. It's almost like, imagine I decide to be a writer, and I'm taking a character from uh, Lord of the Ring, and I'm going to put inside Trinity, because I really like her. She's sexy with all that leather, black leather. And I'm going to take um, maybe Alice in Wonderland. I like her. So I'm going to put it all together into this book, and I will call it the Bible, and then I'll come and bring some kind of a story behind it. To imagine that God gave the Bible is, again, childish. It's the same way that a lot of uh, uh, religious people, let's say Jews, think that the Bible was written by Moses, precisely written by Moses, that the Torah was written by Moses, the five, the first five books. For It took Spinoza and the banning of Spinoza in order to wake up the world when Spinoza said, it is clear like the moon in the night, uh, the moon in the, and the sun, that Moses did not write the Bible. He's the first one to actually talk about it. Of course, the Christian and the Jews excommunicated him. Um, yeah, Christianity, not only that, uh, there is a statistic now that in, uh, when was it? I think I, I, show, I wanted to talk about it also, uh, about Christianity in United States, which is interesting statistics. Um, did I put it here? Uh, yeah, in 1972, 90% of Americans called themselves Christians. Now, just 64%. Now, think about it, the Congress and uh, the Senate. Do you have 60, uh, do you have, sorry, 36% of the representatives saying we're not Christians or we are born Christians, but we don't necessarily believe in this, um, in some of this stuff, or I was born a Christian, but I am a non-believer. Nobody's going to talk about it, even though they're supposed to represent the United States. And 36% of Americans, like it or not, do not consider themselves Christian, not because they consider themselves Muslims necessarily or Jews. A lot of them actually consider themselves believers in something else. Um... Yeah, there is a lot of headaches. I, I noticed that as well, and it could very well be related to um, what we talked about, that uh, out of bound. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, I have to move on. Uh, my Sufi dancer is saying hello. My Nazar that comes from a different tradition completely. It's the same tradition as this. Uh, nice paganism. My, um, uh, I call her my divine vagina. Uh, amethyst is uh, sending my love, her love, sorry, her love. The roses I got from um, Noah is sending her love. Uh, we're all full of love, like uh, Out of Bound Bjork reminded us. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great week, and I hope your injuries get healed, your headaches get better, your sickness get 
fixed and that we are going to be uh, happy and greedy and without cognitive dissonances, which is only the brave and the free can afford. Thanks a lot.